Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. It's a beautiful Monday evening. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. We're glad to be back with you this evening. Um, Going to have a great Bible study with you again uh, this evening for the week. Um, we are going to be studying from Galatians chapter 1. And if you remember last podcast, we studied verses 1 through 10. And this week, we're going to continue on from 11 through the end of the chapter through uh, verse 24. And uh, Brother David brought us a lesson on uh, titled Far From Us. And so we're going to just go through the text and, and have a good study and a good discussion here. As always, if you'd like to uh, send us a note about, send us an email if you have any questions or any comments on, on what we study tonight, uh, you can send us an email at truthinagapelove at gmail.com. And so we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. So please do that. Also, um, if you're in Blackfoot uh, on a Sunday, stop by and worship with us. We'd, uh, love, we'd, lo- we'd love to have you at 10 o'clock um, on uh, 370 North Schilling here in Blackfoot. So we'd, we'd love to have you. Um, you can look us up on our Facebook page there and get all the information you need. Um, and then send us an email. If, you got, if you're going to be here, let us know. We'd, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you. You can also go on our website, uh, Blackfoot Church of Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. check out our classes and our, the lessons and everything. We, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, with that said, we'll go ahead and get started here. Um, how do you want to start, David? Well, I guess we can just dive right into it. Just dive <laughs> right in. <laughs> it's the best way, right? Yeah. Especially like uh, when you go into the pool, mm-hmm. it's the worst to just dip your finger in, yeah, or dip your right. foot in. Yeah, just, just jump, jump right in. in. Just jump, just right jump in. in. Yeah. So, if you recall, uh, last podcast we're talking about sticking to only the word, really, and and how. Even if the apostles or an angel from heaven gives you another word which has already been established, let them be accursed. And and then as Paul continues on, and of course Paul is the one writing to the Galatians, and Paul is a really good example for us of how merciful the Lord is. Mm-hmm. So many people look at... Uh, Paul, and if you if you don't know, he's also referred to as Saul of Tarsus in Acts. That's his Hebrew name. And so he's a perfect example. He went from persecuting and killing the, the Christians or God's children. He went from killing them mm-hmm. all the way to serving Christ just like them. Yeah, and he, and he was probably the most energetic um, ambitious person, you know, just yes. picture someone in your life that you know that just gives everything 110. percent Yeah, that's how Paul was, and he or Saul. Yeah, and he took a 180 degree turn. Absolutely. I mean, totally. Once he realized it was a 180 degree turn, and it was all in 110. percent Yeah. Again. And he he was always his zeal. I, I think is a great word to to describe him. His zeal for God was always there even while he was persecuting the christians he thought he was doing it for the lord sure you know in his mind he's like these are false teachers i got to get rid of them i I gotta destroy them because they're going to lead so many people away Mm -hmm. 
as that's what he thought, you know. And so even while he was killing the Christians, persecuting them and dragging them out of their homes, he was doing it for the Lord. Yeah. That's the kind of zeal he had. He was he was very zealous for the Lord. And then when he realized what he's done, like you said, Chad, complete 180 turn. He went from persecuting them to standing right next to them and fighting for them. Yeah. You know, it, that... And but it, to the point where, if you remember, the Christians, once he, you know, he uh, was converted and became a Christian, they were scared to death of him. Yeah. Because he had such a reputation of persecuting Christians that they didn't... It took a long time for them to not really accept, but to trust him that he had actually made that change. Yeah, and had it not been for Barnabas, yeah. you know, son of encouragement, that's right. um, vouching for him, mm-hmm. they wouldn't, uh, you know, it would have been even harder for them to accept him. Yeah. You know, when, when he when he came to the brethren, if it wasn't for Barnabas, they wouldn't have let him in. Yeah. You know, and so, but... This is who he is. But, you know, as it says in Hebrews ten seventeen, this is God speaking here. He says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Mm-hmm. And that's, so Paul is the perfect example of what God is talking about there in Hebrews ten seventeen. He, God did not remember his lawless deeds. Never, never uh, made Paul remember them. He, as soon as, Paul was baptized into Christ. It was like it never happened. Yeah. And so he, again, zealous for the Lord always, but it was because of his ignorance. Mm-hmm. And so he is he is the perfect example of that. And, and we all have had people, or, or at least I have had people come to me and say, God will never forgive me for what I've done. Sure. And, and this is why Paul is such a great example for us. You know, when they say something like that, be like, well, have you killed Christians in your day? Have you have you persecuted God's children? Mm-hmm. Well, if you haven't, I'm pretty sure he's going to forgive you. Mm-hmm. I'm not pretty sure. I, I guarantee you because he forgave Paul for doing the yeah, same thing. It's, it's not too late to yeah. come to Jesus ever. As long if, as you have breath in you, it's yeah. not too late. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. The Lord will forgive you because he says he will. And, and that's... Again, you know, Titus 1, 2, God cannot lie. Yeah. And so, knowing that God cannot lie, if he says it, it happens. And so, um, as we continue on in Galatians 1, 11 through 17, Paul is reminding them of how he came, how he came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so let's go ahead and turn over there with me. I love how he starts out here. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Oh, sure. All right. Galatians 1, 11 through 17. All right. Starting at verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Jerusalem. How I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace 
to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the, the things which I write to you, indeed before God, I did not lie. Afterward, I went into the, the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only. He who formerly per- persecuted us now preach, preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God in me. All right. So, backing up to verse 11. Yeah. You know, Paul begins by talking about how the truth was revealed to him, mm-hmm. you know, which is different from us today. You know, we have the truth revealed to us through studying God's Word and, and perhaps having other people teach it to us. You know, that's how we get the, the truth revealed to us. Yeah. By studying and, and meditating upon it. Mm-hmm. And having, of course, having the right heart and the right attitude behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, earnestly seeking Him is, is crucial as well. But here he's saying he, he, didn't, he didn't get it revealed to Him through study or through anything like that or through man. He got it straight from Christ Himself. Yeah, and he says it is not according to man either. Right. So it wasn't something that man or himself that's right. came and, up with. And that's a very good point. Going back to verse 10, which we talked about mm-hmm. last week, I think we may have gotten there, gotten that far, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> he was saying, do I seek to please man or God? Because if I still seek to please man, I am no longer a bondservant of Christ. And that's verse 10 of Galatians chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And so as he continues on, you know, he's saying, I did not receive it from man, you know, nor was I taught it from man. He received it from Christ himself. Now, if you would, uh, if you're listening, turn to Acts 22, verses 6 through 10. Now, here is where we see when Christ came to him. Now, we also have in, in uh, chapters 9 of Acts, the, the actual account of it happening, but as, as Paul is telling others about it in Acts 22, he puts it in a couple, a couple ways that I, you know, the, um, the fact that it was noon. So, uh, Acts 22, 6 through 10, mm-hmm. says, Now it happened. As I journeyed, I came near Damascus at about noon. Suddenly... A great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And so here we see that it was about noon, right? And this is 
this is key because this light was brighter than the sun. Yeah. And the sun was at, at the highest point or the brightest point of the day. It, it is the brightest, and yet this light, this great light, was even brighter than that. And then you also see that the people who were with them seen the light, but they didn't hear any anyone talking. So, and then from this light, he hears the voice of Christ. Now, keeping in mind this is an act, so this is after the life of Christ. He was already, he walked among us, he died on the cross, he arose on the third day, and then he ascended to his Father on high. That has already happened. Mm-hmm. So here, where was Christ speaking to him from? From heaven. From heaven. Yeah. It's just amazing because here he's on his way. He's, they probably got an appointment. They've, they've made plans. They know where they're going. They're going to try to raid somebody's house or whatever. They're going to flush out these Christians. Yeah. And for Jesus to say, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Can you imagine? Oh, man. I mean, just he knows who Jesus is. You yeah. Know? He was there. Yep. He's he was, persecuted people for following him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't even imagine what was going through his mind. Oh, man. Or what, what he was thinking, you know, like. Well, and you can see that he's very, he's scared. He said he fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And, and he even says, asks him, what, what, what should I do? Yeah. And he says, who are you, Lord? Mm-hmm. Now, he refers to him as Lord. Yeah. Some people, it, it's not that he recognized that it was God himself, but rather they would call people who were higher in stature Lord. So if you ever watch those old movies, a lot of times they'll bow before the king and they'll call the king Lord. Okay. In the context, he's he's saying that he's showing um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Showing honor. Okay. So he didn't know that it was Jesus. He didn't know that it was God. But he he says, "Who are you, Lord?" Mm-hmm. He's he's saying clearly you are mightier than I. Mm-hmm. So I'm bowing before you, but I don't know who you are. Yeah. And that's why then Jesus said, "I am Jesus of Nazareth," and. And so it's key for us to understand where Christ was. Because Christ revealed himself to Paul from heaven. Yeah. Now, the reason why that is key, because when you look at Acts 1.22, a qualification to be an apostle was being a witness to his ascension. And so... He is witness right here to Christ ascending to heaven because he spoke to him from heaven. So he is already at the right hand of the Heavenly Father on high, and yet, so he is witness of Christ's ascension into heaven. Yeah. So that qualifies him as an apostle. And even Paul later on refers to himself as an apostle born at a due time. Mm-hmm. And so... A lot of people try to discredit Paul as an apostle, trying to say that he wasn't an apostle, but rather he is simply a messenger of the apostles. So he just became a faithful Christian or, you know, a a faithful follower of Christ. But here, he actually meets the qualifications of an apostle. Yeah. 
Well, and and two, this is a great account that Paul's able to use to try to persuade men, basically. And it's Absolutely. an account for us to use of what happened to Paul here. Yeah. You know, is this going to happen to us today? No, nope. not like this. You know, and and so, you know, we're not going to be going through our lives today doing the wrong thing. <laughs> And someone and God come out. Hey, why are you not doing what I say? You know, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, I, I've got a footnote here or a yeah. commentary that I'm reading, and they're talking about how here in Acts 22 that that Paul is basically bearing his testimony or sharing his personal testimony. Yeah, and I guess in a way he is. Uh, and they're saying we must share our testimony, whatever's changed in our lives. I don't think that's as important right. as sharing Paul's, what happened in Paul's life. Yeah. You know, sure, we all have times in our lives where we were like, oh, you know, I better straighten up. Yeah. You know, and I, I those are all good to share, you know. Yeah. But this one is the most important because... That's right. Of what happened to Paul, and he, and and God basically used him to write most of the New Testament. Yeah. From this. Yeah, and you know? and so, um, well, like you were saying, you were reading a commentary. Yeah, just that's now. it. That's it. That is man's thoughts on. Oh yeah, matter. absolutely. And I, so, I was just kind of looking at that thought because I hear people. That's kind of a big thing. Yeah. To share your testimony in this area. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and and so I don't know that our personal testimony is as important. I mean, sure, we all have a story of how we became a Christian, mm-hmm. you know. And that's important to share with people. Yeah. But it, this is way more important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with, with Paul, he is a unique character. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if we're, if we're sinning and, and we're doing this... See, Paul wasn't intentionally sinning. Mm-hmm. He thought he was doing the Lord's work. Yeah. He was just misguided. Yeah. You know, where, you know, later it talks about him um, being a Hebrew of the Hebrew, or yeah. a, uh, yeah, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, where he, well, he was very um, zealous always, and he was a Pharisee. Yeah. And, and if you don't know, Pharisees were were among the strictest of the the Jewish sects. Um, they were among the strictest. And so he held the law to the highest regard, the law of Moses, uh, that one I'm speaking of. And he held it to the, the highest regard. He was very zealous for the Lord, yeah. you know, but he just didn't know that Christ is the one who fulfilled all of the prophecies. Yeah, He just he missed that part, you know, and yeah. so he he thought he was doing the Lord's work. But you can also see how misguided we can be where we think we're doing right, but if it's not according to God's knowledge, then we just become self-righteous. Yeah, and we, we can put our faith in this account because he tells us more than once. Yeah. he It's something that he used here. He's talking to the Galatians here. Yep. Tell them, hey, look where I was. That's right. This is what happened to me, and that's why I'm writing to you. Yeah. And in Acts 22, it's it's actually him recounting it again. Yeah. It, it actually first happened in Acts 9. Yeah. 
But in here, as he describes it here in, in Acts 22, he's describing the fact that it's at noon. Yeah. And so I, I like to bring that out because it's it was at the highest day. You know, it wasn't like sunset and then this light came. It was very bright outside already. And this light that came from heaven was even brighter than the sun. Yeah. I can't remember if it was my dad or my mom mentioned yesterday about someone that's waiting for God to talk to him. I think it was your mom in I class. I think so. Was, I think it... I don't remember who it was, but anyways, there's people out there like that. Yeah. That are waiting for God to talk to them to tell them what to do. Yeah. And if he doesn't talk to them, then I guess they're fine, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know the thinking there, but this is not going to happen to us today. That's right. <laughs> We're not going to be on the road, you know, <laughs> and... This, it's just not going to happen like this. Yeah. This was accounted for our faith building. Our learning. Our learning. And and what we need to understand is when this happened to Paul, he didn't have what we have today. And that's, that's why right. it, that's why it happened in that time and he it won't the happen today. Word. We have the completed word. They didn't. Yeah. It was up to the apostles to complete the word. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's, that's the big difference between what's what'll happen for us today versus what happened for them in that time they needed the um the miracles and the all of that the gifts from the holy spirit they needed that to prove they were from god and and uh god spoke to uh paul here i think it's interesting to the I mean, you can just imagine what the people with him were thinking. I mean, they had to be scared to death, too. Oh, yeah. And then he couldn't see. Remember, it talks about his eyes were had scales on them. Yeah, when... Yep. Now, I'm a, I'm a welder, okay? Uh, and if you look at the weld for too long, it doesn't hurt right away. But about 2 a.m. in the morning... <laughs> really? Your eyes, you're going to be woken up because your eyes are going to be running and and it feels like there's needles in your eyes. Really? Yeah. And, wow. And it's called flash burn. And what happens is the skin on your eyeball, basically it's like a sunburn. The skin on your mm. eyeball gets sunburned and then it starts peeling in the middle of the night. It takes it a while. It takes it about wow. six to eight hours. And before long, the skin starts to peel, and it feels like you have things in your eyes. Oh, wow. So, I don't know. It doesn't really say that Paul was in very much pain from that, but I'm sure he was. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to know what would have happened. Yeah, we, we can't say one way or another, but I mean... But that was quite a deal there. Oh, yeah. You know, for him to lose his vision and sight. For three days. For three days, you know. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, that that had to have been miserable. Yeah. Plus, he didn't. He's probably sitting there for three days thinking, "What have I been doing? If I am I living a lie? You know, exactly. Like his whole life. Yeah. Am, am I living a lie? And I, I just think about all those things w when I try to dissect it in my mind <laughs> yeah. of of like what was going on. Kind of put yourself in his shoes. He's sitting there, and of course, the people that were with him were probably basically working for him. Mm -hmm. You know, or they were from a, a leader. They were given to him as a like a military regiment. Yeah. 
you know and so they're probably going what's the deal paul what are we doing you know <laughs> yeah, exactly of course they were scared because they seen what happened mm-hmm. they they knew something miraculous happened so what were they thinking yeah you know a- anyways i think it's um you know just very interesting how it all went down and and of course waiting on who you know yep could you sit there for three days and be like i don't know if he's gonna come yeah. you know <laughs> i'd well, be impatient going, yeah exactly hey, where's this guy that Especially on the third day. Did he come in the morning? Did he come in the afternoon? Yeah. What time <laughs> is it going to be? Yeah. I got a full schedule here. Yeah. You know? I got I to gotta make sure I'm, I'm making myself I mean, available at the time when he we, comes. You know how we plan stuff today. We're all yep. very particular. Um, we got we to gotta know what time, when you coming, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then for him to show up, you know, um, like verse, I guess we could read on it in, in 22 if you want. Yeah, go for it. Uh, since I could not, or I'll start in verse 11. And since I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came to Damascus. And a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony um, with with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and stood at the stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. And he said, the, the God of our fathers. Now, isn't it interesting there where he's, he calls him brother? Yeah. Brother Saul, you know. Uh, continue on verse 14. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and and was praying in the temple that I was in a tr- trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So, see, he couldn't even stay in Jerusalem. Right. He because because he had had such a reputation of of being a persecutor. Um, there's a lot here that we could talk about. Um, yeah. You know, first arise and be baptized. Like he he wasn't just saved right there on the road to Damascus. Um, why why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he had to do something. Still, yeah. he had That's to become right. a Christian. That's why I thought it was interesting that he called him Brother Saul, you know, before that. Well, and, you know, you see um, Ananias must have been a Jew before he came to Christ. Oh, that's true. And, and I, I bring that up because uh, you also see when Paul talks to another Jew, he calls him brother as okay. well. Um, so they're brothers in the... In the Jewish Jewish, faith. yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and they're, they're brothers... Um, in the Lord. Yeah. Just like how, how we are brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. They're still brothers in the Lord. You know, these, these Jews, they're, they're still God's chosen people. They just hadn't, at this the, point, now everything's fulfilled through Christ. Have not accepted Christ yet. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like this. So as, I, as he's talking about this, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. When you look at Acts 9, and this is in Acts 9, that's actually when it happened, you see that he actually 
it, it says that he didn't eat or drink for three days. So the whole time he was blinded, mm-hmm. he, he essentially just fasted. He mm-hmm. didn't eat or drink. He was, which got me thinking, actually, you know, the Lord in his time. His time is the perfect time, as, as we kind of mm-hmm. talk about. Perhaps Saul needed the three days of blindness to, to meditate upon really what was going mm-hmm. on. You know, just like when, you, when you're in a Bible study, silence is a good thing. Yeah. You know, when, when you bring across the Word and, and you're, you ask them a question, you have to allow them time to chew on it. You know, and so God was allowing him time to chew on what was going on, what was really happening. And then this 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 account. Oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Well, go ahead. I'm just gonna say, um, how did Ananias? And I know it's account somewhere, but how did Ananias know that Paul was there? Uh, I think that's in the earlier Acts nine. Acts nine. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, how did he know? Yeah. Well, uh, they didn't just you know um, get on their Google calendars and say, okay, hey, uh, does this work for you? You know, okay, we'll meet this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, turn to turn to Acts. 9. Yeah, we should go look at that since we're talking about it. Because this is so. This is the actual account that happened in in chapters twenty two. He's just recounting it. You know, as as he's preaching Christ, he's he's recounting it. But here in Acts nine is when it actually happened, and so. Essentially, the, the same story is going on in verse 9. I'll read that because I was just talking about it, too. Okay, go ahead. So, as he was um, led to Damascus, in verse 9, and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Okay, yeah. In verse 10, it says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the streets called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. So here in this context, God is saying that, yeah, he, isn't that Paul has seen a vision of a man named Ananias coming mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And so... In verse 13, and we were talking about this earlier, Paul or Saul of Tarsus had a reputation of destroying and killing Christians. And yeah. so in verse 13, and Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, <laughs> how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Yeah, he's like, Lord, are you sure about <laughs> yeah, this? He's like, is this the same guy we're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Here? I, yeah, I mean, Ananias, he's probably like, all right, yes, I'm ready to let's go, Lord. And then he tells him, go talk to this Saul guy. <laughs> what? So you know who this guy <laughs> is, right? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like, and he's just making sure. I'm, I, you know, I'm sure he's just trying to make sure that. Uh, well, and they, it's the and same re- guy who he's talking he reassures about. Him. And and the thing is, it, it, it's too. It's like, um, it's okay to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Are you sh- sure we're supposed to be doing this? You know, that's right. And so this is a great example for us because, you know, he's like, God, Lord, are you sure? That, yeah. I mean, this guy's got reputation for. He's got authority. Mm-hmm. You know, to to take out anyone who calls on your name. That's right. Well, and you know that that brings out a really good point too when. When God came to Gideon in Judges, mm-hmm. 
Gideon, Lord, I want to make sure that this is you. You know, and then ask for the yeah. the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry, and then that happened. He says, don't be mad at me, but let me ask one more. Now make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Well, and then he doesn't argue with them either. You That's know, right. Continue there in verse 15. That's right. And, and so uh, going back to Acts 9, verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying on him, laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So he went and received food. He was, er, So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. I mean, at that point, Saul's got to be like, okay, Lord, you got my attention. Yeah. I mean, here... Ananias shows up just like he told him in a vision. That's right. And Ananias went, had no question. Another thing, too, Saul's got to be thinking, none of these guys are going to want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. I've been persecuting them this whole time. Why would Ananias come? He's not going to want to come. Once he realizes it's me, he's not going to want to come see me. I've been persecuting them. I've been killing them (laughs) every chance I got. So, I mean, it's just uh, an incredible turn of events here. Yeah. And, and and quite a, a faith builder for us because, I mean, it all happened exactly how God wanted it to. Another thing that I've always pointed out about this story that I think is interesting, in verse 16, not interesting, but just, you know, how he tells them. Saul's sitting here going, you know, he's and um, because he's telling Ananias, um, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Yeah. Suffer. Did Saul, Paul, suffer? Oh, man, did he ever. I mean, we talked about that a few podcasts ago, about how much he had suffered. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, continually. I mean, think about all that he went through, and then he gets on a boat to go to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? It was a smooth sailing, you know, cruise. <laughs> yeah. No, they ended in shipwreck. You <laughs> exactly. Know? And so... I mean, that's something to really point out there because he's going to suffer in my name's sake. Yeah, and and you see in Second Corinthians eleven. Okay, turn over there with me. But then after this, I want to go back to yeah, yeah, yeah. Acts nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, starting verse, let me see. What was it? Second Corinthians what? In chapter eleven. Okay. Uh, let's start in verse twenty-four. He says, and this is him recounting everything that he has suffered for the sake of Christ. He says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, 
in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. So here he is describing. Now this is this is key because we don't realize how much he suffered. Notice he talks about how he was stoned. Now we do have an account of that where he was he was dragged out of the city, stoned, left for dead, and then he gets up and walks back into the city. Like yeah. to me, that's just like amazing. Well, and that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> for each of us here listening and and talking about this. Just take one of these things because it, it's it, they, <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. they seem to kind of all bunch together where not not really that they lose their emphasis, but just take one yeah. and put yourself in it. Now, the one that sticks out to me is, um, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, in the deep. So verse 25, I was shipwrecked a night and a day I have been in the deep. Okay, now I don't know exactly what that means, but if your ship sinks in the ocean and you're in the water all by yourself for a night and a day. Oh, man. And there's no no one. Or, I mean, you can't see nothing but a horizon 360 degrees around you. Yeah, nothing but water. Nothing but water. I mean, just imagine being in that position. That's a little pool. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and something touches your feet. What was that? Yeah. You know? Oh, nothing. It was just a shark, you know? Yeah. I mean, just think about that, being in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever... Now, I've never actually swam in the ocean. Yeah. I've never actually even been to the ocean. Mm-hmm. But even uh, when I, how I grew up, I always went out to the lake, went cliff jumping and everything. Maybe I was just a wuss at the time. I, I don't really know. But I know that as I was swimming, we had a... We jump off the high cliff and we had a long swim before we could climb up the rocks because that was the only place where we can climb up. There's almost that eerie feeling as you're just swimming alone, you know, where it's like I knew that there was big fish underneath me. Oh, yeah. Like we had, they had to go like uh, 30, 40 feet down where we went cliff jumping mm-hmm. and, and they scuba dove down there. The people that went down there, they had to fix some pipes or something like that. And uh, the story goes that they they actually didn't want to fix it because of the huge fish that were swimming around down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So when I heard that story, ever since then, I was be swimming alone. I'm like these big fish. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Well, and and that's it. I mean, the thing is, and and their stories. You know, just go look up the um, USS Indianapolis. Okay, go Google it, and watch some YouTube videos about what happened to the USS Indianapolis. I just recently seen the watched a documentary on it. Basically, they were in the water for five days mm-hmm. after their ship sunk, got sunk by a submarine. It was like right at the end of the World War II, and more than half of the people didn't survive. I think three hundred and fifty out of fifteen hundred survived oh, wow. eventually, um, and a lot of them got ate by sharks. Oh, man. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that's why that sticks out to me, because I just can't imagine being in the water, and you don't know what's below you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, like, got to be the most scariest thing you could ever be in. You're in their world. And what does Paul say down here? Um, where did he say? Uh, 
verse 28. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. What's he mostly worried about besides all this other stuff that happened to him? Yeah, the, the well-being of the church. Yeah, the church and the Christians. Yeah. So he's more worried about that than spending a day exactly. and a half in the water and all these other things. Yeah. That's why I say just pick one and then 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 tell yourself, do we have anything to be to complain about? Complain about? Yeah. No. We don't have nothing to complain about. And how many about. times do we <laughs> we don't want to talk to somebody because we're afraid of them persecuting us or making fun of us you know yeah. like we're afraid of that sometimes all you gotta and, and do is just tell yourself okay what paul go through all right yeah. i'm good i'm good <laughs> yeah. you know i am sure i'm not going to be stoned and left for dead you yeah know? no kidding and so we ain't got nothing to complain about that's right you know and i think it's important to talk about this because it's written here for our learning it's written for us as a good uh, example and, and a strengthening for us today you know that's right we ain't got nothing to complain about no Especially and, living in America here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we in America, we are so blessed, and I don't think we realize how blessed we are. Yeah. Um, okay, so go back to Acts chapter 9. Yeah. I said I wanted to, so yeah. we're going to go back there. <laughs> but it, it, it's really important to see how much he suffered yeah. for the sake of Christ. And, and he left all the the Jewish wealth and the fame and, and everything that he had as a Jew he he forsook all of that to serve Christ and, oh yeah he and gave this up is a what lot. he got for it yeah and you, this is this is not glory on earth is it I mean this is he left glory on earth to suffer yeah but he he gave up the the riches of this life for the riches in the next life and that's important for us to understand too god does not promise us roses in this life yeah he blesses us with eternal salvation mm-hmm. he blesses us with a home with him that's what we need to be seeking and so notice going back to acts 19 verses 18 and 19 of acts 9 as soon as the the scales fell off, what was the first thing that he did? It says, starting in verse 18, yeah. immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Yeah. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. So the very first thing he did, keeping in mind, as we look at, uh, what is it? Verse 10. Yeah. Or no, verse verse nine of Acts chapter nine. He fasted for three days. Yeah, he didn't eat or drink. Yeah, I mean, and the first thing he did was take care of being baptized. Yeah, he recognized he was separated from God, and he needed, he wanted to be right with the Lord before anything else. That yeah. was most important. Yeah. Now, Chad, you and I will skip a meal. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be around us because mm-hmm. we get hangry, right? Yeah. You know, it's oh, yeah. like, no, you don't talk to me until I get some well, food. And and two, you get weak. I mean, you do. Uh, you know, if I uh, Saturday I was working on some stuff and I didn't eat, eat any breakfast in about eleven o'clock, I was shaking so bad that I couldn't do what I was trying to do. Yeah. Okay, I gotta stop. Go eat something. And once I ate something, I was fine. But it's just, you know, that's how our bodies are. You yeah, know? that's right. That needs, you need food to, you need 
energy. Yep. So imagine three days. Yeah, you know? I can't and even so imagine. He or a drink. Yep. So he was very weak. Yeah. But yet, the first priority was to get baptized, to and get then, right with the Lord. Number two, I want to read um, verse twenty. Yeah. What did he do after that? So he got his, he got baptized. He ate, got strengthened, and immediately in verse twenty, he preaches the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And verse twenty one. Then all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem <laughs> and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? They were amazed. Yeah. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that, his, that this Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. And, but, I mean, immediately... He starts preaching. That's right. He starts teaching. Okay, I was wrong. Can you imagine? I would, can you imagine what one of those sermons that he, his first oh man uh, public event was well, like? Well, I mean, and the, the humiliation he must have went through. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be very humbling. The power of the message, though. Yeah. Would have, and it is to us, and it mm-hmm. should be to us. Picture yourself being in the seats of Saul. Who persecute? I mean, they said it right there. Yeah, isn't uh, he the one that that is destroying these Christians? And- yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, where it says uh, came. He came to Jerusalem, has come here for that purpose, so yeah. that he might bring them bound to the chief priests. That's right. I mean, that's what he came there for. And then all of a sudden, he gets up and 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 teaches about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and then. For him to say, "Hey, I was wrong," you know, yep. when when whenever somebody admits that they're wrong, it's very powerful, mm-hmm. especially public like this. Publicly too. admits that they're wrong. I mean, we see politicians, or you know, we we hear about this. I don't know why, because it's not important. But any a celebrity or whatever, or somebody that's done something really bad, when they apologize, we want to forgive them. Seems like. Yeah. It's like, it's a powerful message. It's like, wow, okay. You know, or, or if anyone in our lives, if they admit that they're wrong, you know, it, it, it has power behind it. Yeah. Well, a lot of times with your spouse, uh-huh. you know, you don't really get over it until they, they apologize, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and it doesn't say that the, the Christians were like... We tried to tell you, Saul. You know, they didn't rub it in, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. It was a powerful message. Like, wow, okay. And it, and it, and it, I think it would have strengthened everyone there. Absolutely. To go, wow, okay, he knows now. Yep. You know, he knows who Christ is. And, and notice how here he says, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. A lot of times people think that Christ is his last name. Yeah. Christ means the anointed one. Mm-hmm. So he is the anointed Messiah. You know, he is the one. Yeah. And then you can take it all of a sudden, everything. And of course, Paul was a learned man. He, 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 he probably had more teaching than most people his age would yeah. have had because he was a higher. He was under Gam- Gamaliel. Yeah. So he was a higher. So. 
he knew the prophecies about mm-hmm. Jesus. Absolutely. I know he would have. Yeah. They would have talked about what Isaiah said and, you know, all those prophecies of the Messiah to come. Mm-hmm. The order of Melchizedek we talked about. Yeah. In you Hebrews. Know, yep. He knew about that. Right? And then all of a sudden it all made sense to him. Yeah. But he had to, it had to happen this way for him to understand that. Christ, Christ had to come to him the way that he did. Yeah. Where it's hard to kick against the goads, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> what are exactly. you doing to me, man? Yeah, exactly. And so, I don't know, it's just, I mean, it's a huge faith builder for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I know everyone else that reads it. Um, but when we talk about it like this and kind of bring out some of the highlights and put yourself in their shoes and think about if you were there in that day, what would have it done to you? Yeah. That's what it should do to us today when we read it. You know, we need to try to make it alive in our minds. Absolutely. Of, well, and that's what meditating mm-hmm. really does. Yeah. Really focusing and and thinking about it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, anyways, I don't know. We're get, we've, we talked a lot about Paul, and we could talk tons about it. we got about 10 minutes oh, left man. is all. <laughs> so turn, We haven't even gotten hardly into the meat of the lesson here yeah, yet. Yeah, I know. So turn to, to Acts 8. Okay. 1 through 3. Now, this is just a glimpse of who Saul of Tarsus was, who Paul was. Now, at the end of Acts 7, we see that Stephen was stoned. And they laid Stephen's clothing at his feet. Now, yeah. the, the significance behind that is that the one in charge got the spoils. Mm-hmm. So them laying it at Saul's feet indicated that Saul was in charge of what was going on, of the stoning of Stephen. He was in charge of it. And then so in verse 1 of Acts 8, and at the beginning here, he is speaking about Stephen's stoning, okay? Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. A devout man, or, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. So this is what he was actually doing heading to Damascus to drag men and women. It didn't matter to him. You know, and a lot of times women don't get treated the same. You know, it didn't matter to Paul. You're, you follow this Christ. I'm going to take care of you. Now, can you imagine watching a man drag a woman out of her house? You know, I mean, it would be hard enough to see a man being dragged out, but a woman, you know, just almost the heartlessness you see kind of behind that, Mm -hmm. you know, not having any compassion or anything. That's how zealous he was. You know, again, according to Paul, you're a false teacher or you know you're bringing this false teaching i'm going to take care of you yeah and so that's what was happening and then when you skip to acts 9 as we just talked about that's how we came to christ and then 
as you were mentioning, this is everyone knew this about Saul of Tarsus. Yeah, everyone knew this, and that's why there were, you know, as as Saul was teaching to him, isn't this the guy? Yeah, <laughs> this is the same guy. Yeah, and so then uh, let's skip back to the text that we really didn't talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. So real fast, skipping back to the text in, in Galatians oh, 1. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So notice, uh, let me see, in verse 17, 16 and 17, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So it it talks about him in in Acts 9, how he immediately started preaching in the synagogues. And then from there he went to um, Arabia. Now, someone who has just been added to the Lord, you would think that he needs encouragement or um, guidance you think that they would go to man or especially the the other apostles to find out how he should go about doing this but keeping in mind he was told from christ himself so he didn't go and talk to any of the other apostles now in this time there's a, a group of people trying to say that Paul was not an apostle, but rather he was just a messenger of the apostles. So he would he would kind of go out and, and help the apostles. Well, here he went out for three years. You know, as, as we see in 18, he went out for three years before even talking to any of the other apostles. Yeah, and didn't he didn't he spend a lot of time years with um Bar- or uh, oh who was it? Who came to him first? Ananias. Ananias. Didn't he spend some time with those folks up yeah. to a couple years? Um, it doesn't give an actual time but he, in Damascus. I think, well, he would have. It makes sense to me that he would have spent some time with them, studying yeah. and learning. It and, did. I think it did say some time with them. Yeah. But it didn't give an exact time or exactly how long. So he, he was with Ananias. But then from there, he went to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus. But he didn't go to Jerusalem nope. to see the apostles. That's right. He went to Arabia. It was after three years he finally went to Jerusalem to see Peter. Yeah. And even he see, and it, he spent... Uh, 15 days with Peter. Yeah. But, none, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. So he only seen Peter and, J- and James the 15 days that he was in Jerusalem. And, and so his apostleship was separate and apart from the other apostles. You know, he says, in, if you go into chapter two, then, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. Yeah. 14 years before he went That's all the a way long back time. to Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't realize how much time has passed. Mm-hmm. You know, as we read through... Acts and, and look at their um, their stories. You know, it, it almost sounds like it happens immediately, one after another. Mm-hmm. Where here, you really get an, an idea 
of how long time has passed, you know. And then you also have, uh, when you look at, if you ever have a map that shows Paul's missionary journeys. Yeah. You know, the miles that he trekked mm-hmm. was a lot. Yeah. You know, and and so as it talks about him going up and around and... I think everyone's Bible has a map in the back of it. Go look at it. Most of them do, yeah. Go look at it. And go Paul's look at journeys. His, his journeys, his three missionary journeys. And you see how much... And I don't know how he got around, walking or via well, donkey or something, but... And like he said, um, didn't he say when we read that three three times shipwrecked? Yeah. Where's the other two? Well, we, we only, know of the one. Yeah, we only know of the one. So where's the other two shipwrecks? That's right. And a lot of times on these coastal cities, there was merchant ships that hauled goods, you know, back and forth, up and down, up and down this coast. That's right. And so that was a common way to travel by yep. ship. That's right. And, and um, you know, so that would be a good way to cover a lot of ground yeah. to get to another spot. Um, but but most of the time, I got a I got a feeling it was on foot. Yeah. You know, or donkey or, you know, whatever they could get on. It certainly wasn't in an automobile going oh, 80 miles an hour. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably be lucky. And, you know, just knowing how long it takes to travel by a horse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 12 miles a day is pretty good. Yeah. 20s pushing it. Yeah. You know. And he traveled hundreds of miles. Yeah. So it had to have taken quite some time, mm-hmm. an extensive amount of time, to travel the way he did. And, and yeah. So it makes sense that you know he's talking about years and and uh, as you mentioned, fourteen years. Yeah. Well, it makes sense when when you have to travel that far. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a long time to get going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't like even these these ships he had to wait for the ships to come. You know, it wasn't like they were waiting for him to get on and as he got there. I mean, it, all of that it took a lot of time. But as it also talks about in 2 Corinthians 11, his concern was for the churches. That's why he he went on the missionary journeys to check on them to to be there and and help them. His concern was always for the the churches of Christ. Yeah. And that shows such a great example for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then you see in 1 Corinthians 11, 1. I know we're kind of... I was just going to... I just turned to that one. Did you? <laughs> yeah, because I was looking at it, because I was like, what's a good verse to end on? Yeah. <laughs> as, as Paul says... It, and. We talked a lot about Paul today. Yeah. But notice, he is just a, a good example of how to follow Christ. Christ is the example. Yeah. But Paul is a good example for us. And so, here in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, tells us why he is a good example. He says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Yeah. He's a good example for us to follow because he followed Christ. Yeah. Is it? Is it? I mean, can anyone tell me a reason not to imitate Paul? Right. There's no reason. 
There's Perhaps every... before he became an apostle. Well, yeah, don't imitate Saul. <laughs> don't imitate that well, guy. And and really, we could talk about that. He his um, the Lord changed his name. Yeah. You know, he was no longer Saul. Mm-hmm. He was no longer that person. Yeah. He almost had to reinvent himself as Paul. You yeah. know, and that's I don't know if that's why God changed his name. Well, but it had to have something to do with it because of the havoc that he caused under Saul of Tarsus, mm-hmm. being referred to as Saul of Tarsus. Yeah, he made a a bad reputation for himself. Yeah, at yeah. least as from the Christian standpoint, you know, or a follower of Christ. Yeah, their their standpoint was he's not a good guy. Stay well, away and, from him. And you know, speaking about reputation, we we want to have a reputation like Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into a, just real quick, I ran into a guy that I went to Weldon School with like 22 years ago. And I, I have a hard time remembering people back then. And we were talking about some of the people in our class and stuff, you know, and I can't remember people very well yeah. that were in the class. And he was, he's like, yeah, who's that big guy? That He was just a, he was full of himself and he was a, just, you know, real jerk. And I'm thinking... I don't know. I'm trying to think who he's talking about. And then um, finally it hit me who it was. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I told him his name. He's like, yeah, that guy, man, he was a real jerk, you know. And, and I, <laughs> I, it, made, it made me think. I was like, man, I wonder what he says about me, you know. Yeah. I, I, I know it's decent. It's good. I hope. Yeah. But I was like, I thought to myself, man, I'm sure glad that people don't remember me as a real jerk, you know, that <laughs> yeah. guy. I hope I'm not that remembered like that. Yeah. And, and really, probably everyone would have, because we know how this guy was. Everyone has that opinion of him. And that's not how we want to be remembered. That's right. We, we want to be remembered well. And so, you know, your reputation is everything is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And we we ought to imitate. And Paul. this was you said twenty years later. Yeah, and that's all you could remember. He's like, yeah. "Who's that guy, man? He was a real jerk, you know." And he, and uh, I'm not going to use any names, okay? Right. But I remember the guy, and I told him his name, and he's like, "Yeah, that's it, that's it." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that guy, you know. And 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 we don't want to be that person. Yeah. We don't want to be remembered as the jerk of the class. A bad reputation follows you forever. Oh man, that and we couldn't remember names or nothing of anybody, but he could yep. remember that guy. That's right, <laughs> because of his bad reputation. Yeah, yeah. And so we ought to be just be cautious of your actions and and that your reputation is everything. That's a very good point. And 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 we want a reputation like Paul, mm-hmm. and we should imitate him just as he imitates Christ. That's right. Very good point. So, I'm pretty sure we're out of time. Close to it, at least. Yeah, so I forgot to set the um, ruler on here, but I know we started. I cannot believe how fast it went. Oh, man. Tonight. I know. It's like we didn't even get anywhere. I hope you all have enjoyed our study tonight. I certainly have. Um, Paul's a great great, uh, discussion, and uh, we can all learn from it, and we can imitate him. So... um, Send us an email if you have any questions or you want uh, uh, to add to the discussion. We'd love to hear from you. Truth and agape love at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys.